In the house again, Big Seals with Baird Brooks. Middle. Yes, sir. Boy, do we have some stories today. By the way, I love the lid, man, the Philly lid. I, I mean, since, you know, this is this is going out to my to my baseball, um, you know, the, the baseball lovers who are not getting love right now, man. You know, it, I don't know what's going on, man, with the MLB, bro. I mean, come on, man. Just get the deal done. But watch this, Barrett. Baseball has an identity crisis. Right. And I'm going to show you this, man. If I lined up all 32 NFL quarterbacks, I would say that out of 10 sports fans, seven of them could probably name 90% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. And these guys wear helmets. If I lined up Mike Trout, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and put him in a mall, I doubt people would know and recognize who these guys were. You you get no yeah. you don't you don't promote that sport like they do in the NFL. Well, and also you know like guys like Mount Trout. I mean uh, Trout Trout doesn't want to promote himself. He loves being the guy that nobody knows. He loves being able to come to 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 Philly uh, Eagles games and 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 you know saying just be you know Mike Trout you know the kid from around the corner here in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? He's a Jersey guy right across the bridge, so he enjoys not being this this hyper you know everybody sees pro. He don't want to be that guy. He wants to be exactly what he is, sitting back and chilling. You can't do that with the NFL. The NFL is, is you know, is a multi-billion dollar, you know, entity. You know, and, and, and you know what's messed up? It's a non-for-profit organization also. That's that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what really got me, you know, stumped. You're like, how is this? You know, how is this? How, how are they able to do this? Baseball is, without a doubt, again, you know, one of the staples in American sports, but they've lost the American sports fan. Bob Nightingale from USA uh, Today Sports told me this that you're gonna you're gonna be shocked when you hear this. The average age of a baseball fan is 54 years of age. Wow, wow! They have it. lost the 18 to 34 and the 25 54 demo. And I'm gonna make this point to you too, Barrett. I mean. It's the only sport or one of the only sports without a clock. And when you're sitting in a stadium for four freaking hours and you're watching all these pitching changes and you're sitting there and you people aren't patient today. We were just talking about how people have the attention span of a gnat today. No They're question. not going to sit around and watch a four-hour ball game any longer like they did back in the game. And you said something great yesterday. The, the steroid era was awesome. Exactly. For Major League Baseball. Exactly. I why do I care if I'm a sports fan if a guy's juicing or not? I don't give a shit if he's juicing. I want to <laughs> right. see exciting baseball. That's for the owners to care about. I don't care about that. So what you did is you took some of the personalities out of the game. Look at when you had Manny Machado or you had Reggie Jackson or you had even a villain like A-Rod or Bonds. Right, let me you had Sammy all these Sosa. great personalities. Sammy Sosa, come on, Sammy man. Sammy Sosa, all these dudes. Baseball just has lost their identity. By the way, I I, I got a great topic here for you, and I, I want you to put your GM hat on. I was so happy that you told me that Howie Roseman and his contract is up. I want to get to that, but first, we ended the show yesterday, and I got to tell you, I want to set this I, up I for you. I still want to whoop his ass. I'm oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Butch is my boy. I am boys with Butch, and I Butch Davis, 
my former D-line coach with the Cowboys and also with the Miami Hurricanes, you have an ass with him. What happened to you in Cleveland? Bro, first of all, I get to Cleveland. And I work my way up the totem pole. You know, I end up starting at left guard. Now, I've been a left tackle for for six years. I mean, you know, I mean, no, I'm sorry. I was, I was a, left, a left tackle for, for yeah, about six years. You know, either left or right tackle. I, I get to Cleveland. They move me in the guard. I get in there and I I, I start balling. I'm, I'm playing well. So I move my way up the chart. I end up starting. I'm starting going into the first um, preseason game play well, go into the next week of preseason. When I go to the next week of preseason, I'm starting again. I start that game. Go into the next week after that, now I'm ball. I'm thinking I have some traction now. You know what I'm saying? I got some traction. All of a sudden, this team cuts this this offensive lineman that played for him from Canada, and, 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 um, and, and, and he becomes available. So in order to bring him in, he had to cut somebody. Well, he cut me to bring this guy in. First time I ever got cut. First time ever. I'm like, what is this feeling I'm feeling right now? What the <laughs> hell is going on? What was the excuse they gave you? What was the excuse they gave you? You this were is this, this is the excuse they gave me. We were in goal line in practice, and it was a 17 power. 17 power means is 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 between. I have to pull and I have to I have to hit the hole in between the guard. And, I mean uh, the tackle and the and the um and the tight end. I'm supposed to pull into that hole, and that's where the play was supposed to go. Well, as I'm pulling, I look in. There's a giant gaping hole. And I see the linebacker about to run through, and as soon as the linebacker comes to run through, I turn into the hole. And when I turn into the hole, the inside guard comes off and hits the line. I'm like, damn. So I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I see a guy flashing. I'm a hit color. Yeah. I made a mistake. Right. right. Butch gets mad. Get his ass out of there. Get him out of there. This is one rep. Get out of there. What is he doing? I thought it was 17. You got to get to the – I'm like, oh, man, my fault, man. He takes me out. And from that point on, I was benched. I mean, he put me – like I wasn't benched, but I was like, you know, second team tackle now. You knew what was – you knew what – Yeah. You knew – because you know what the room does when you see you not getting the reps and all of a exactly. sudden – Exactly. You, you know what the – was Tony Weiss your offensive line coach? Uh, man, I, I couldn't even tell you, man. Okay. I don't even know. I don't right. remember. No, 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 no. It was it was um uh what is this guy's name? Oh my goodness. Um that going to Z Z starts with a Z. What was his name? Well, I forget his name. Well put long story long, he takes me out, and I'm like, what what's going on? So we in practice, I'm walking in, and uh the office line coach comes and starts talking to me. And as he's talking to me, um, I'm like, yo, I mean, one rep, I get pulled and yanked. I'm not going to start it. What's, what's the deal with that? He said, bro, I don't know. He told me to take you out. I just took you out, bro. I'm like, bro, come on, man. They're tell moving you out. Yeah, tell me what's up, man. Let yeah. me know what's up. Let me know yeah. what's up. Yeah. And from that point on, that I was no longer you. even a guard. I moved me out to tackle. I'm like, all right, I see the writing on the wall. I see the writing on the oh, wall. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It, it had nothing to do with ability. And everything to do with what he wanted in there and what that's exactly correct. That, that's and what he, he to, and I was, and the dude that they took me out for, he sucked. I know he did. He never played a I, snap for him. I can't think of that kid's name, but he played, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he played on like one of Butch's like 11 and one teams 
and yep. his maybe his last year at Miami before he got the Cleveland job. And I I can't remember Feliciano or something. Something I, right here. <laughs> I can't remember what the kid's name was, but I, I remember that guy. And Butch was very loyal to those Miami guys, man. He no I mean, and, and, and so was Jimmy. And but the difference between Jimmy and Butch, Jimmy's gonna play the best dude. He's he's not gonna go, well, guy played. Because I, I told the story all the time when, when Jimmy got to Dallas and that football team went one in 15 the first year. I remember looking at Troy Aikman. Barrett, I looked at Troy Aikman. He goes, oh, I see your boy drafted uh, Steve Walsh from your 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 team. And, you know, like, that's his boy. I go, I looked at Troy. I said, if you think that guy's going to fucking play that guy over you, you're crazy, man. He goes, well, why would he draft him? <laughs> he goes like this because Jimmy's got something up his sleeve. He ain't gonna sit here and sit and not play the best guy. This guy's all about winning, man. All about that's that, all yep. he was. Butch was a little different, and I think that's what cost his ass when he was in Cleveland. They he did get the team to the postseason, but Butch had a problem going from being a coordinator to being a head coach. And then when you're a college head coach, I think that transition, Barrett, for being a college head coach going into the NFL, you can't do that to guys that have. That have that have been with tenor in the league. You can't do that because one play, shit, people blow up plays all the time, man. You got to right. take a collective bunch of plays. That's what you gauge a guy on. There's so many games that are played. That's why I was asking you yesterday. What must have been awesome playing for an organization like the Steelers? Because an organization like the Steelers, they're gonna not look at that play and go, okay, he's gonna. They're gonna look at it for what it was. All right, he screwed up this play. Let's not get. Into a habit of screwing up plays. Let's run it again. But you know, well, you got Rob some of these teams yeah. that play they play games. Well, dude, I, I mean, and and you know, the Steelers would have never done. Let's put it like this. You know, I tell these guys, and people on the stream have heard the story. It was it was so intense when playing with the Steelers. We go out to practice that we would go so hard that we would almost be hurting each other. We knew when we went out there and played that we're playing against the best offensive line, the best defensive line. I know I'm blocking the best rush in in the league when I'm going out there blocking Joey Porter or whoever blocking Casey Hampton as a nose guard or or or, or the you know the cat games that 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 you know Big Ben and and Troy Polamalu were having on the field as far as you know trying to make each other better. I knew I was playing against the best defense in the league in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I knew that. So it got so intense in practice sometimes we're trying to get better that, you know, Kyle would have to tell the guy, hey, guys, guys, chill out, chill out now. You guys are going too damn hard. If you don't stop, I'm going to send you in. And we'd stop for like three or four plays, but, you know, calm down a little bit. But then we backed into intensity. And then one time he said, look, look, guys, take it in. You guys don't know how to practice. Take it in. We got a game to play on Sunday. You guys are acting like, you know, you guys are enemies. I said, no, we're just being competitive. No, no, guys, take it in. We went in there for 15 minutes. Next thing you know, guys start calling, hey, let's go. We're going back out to practice. We were out there practicing without the coaches. The coaches came out five minutes later, cussing us out again, and, and we finished the practice out. That's the intensity we had. You tell other teams we don't have practice. All right, bet. We out. We out. No, we went back on the field to continue. You know, and that's the same year we won the championship, man. But it's a different mindset when you're talking about guys that want to win. Butch wanted to you know, patronize former yeah. players as opposed to winning. Yeah. I can see having that relationship. I can see, you know, throwing a guy a bone. Yeah, but, but it's going to be about winning, man. Exactly. It's got to be about exactly. winning. 
He could put your ass on the line, man. It's got to be about winning. It can't be about your boys who you love. Hey, man, friendships will be forever, man, when you're in the NFL and your players in those locker rooms. But, dude, it's got to come down to playing the best guy. That's that's one of the things that I hate about the politics that are in the sport of football. I mean, there's too much politics, Barrett. I mean, here, you know, I, I was telling you about Kevin Colbert, and I know that you played for him, and, you know, Ron Hughes and Rick Spielman in, in Detroit, and I think I may have even told you this story. I'll never forget they came to me. Last cut, I started, get this, you talk about starting. I started all five postseason, uh, preseason games. All five. Right, right, right. All five. I started all five. They called me in. He, Ron Hughes comes to my door. God rest his soul. He's since passed away. Ron comes in. He goes, don't hit me. Listen, we're going to release you, but I want you to go and talk to Wayne. Wayne Fonts. And I go, that motherfucker, you're kidding me, man. You're going to, dude, there wasn't a guy here. I was the last cut. And I go right. like this to the guy. I go, so I walk in. Wayne goes, we're going to keep you around for a couple weeks. I go, couple, what's this? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, Lawrence Pete. Lawrence Pete sucks. <laughs> I go, I go, he goes, yeah, listen, we drafted him in. I go, I don't give a shit. You know he sucks. He can't hold my job. So Lamar Leachman went in and spoke for me. Uh, Kev, this is how I'm friends with Kevin. To this day, Kevin goes, listen, there's no way. So what they did was they cut me. They kept me around. Then they then they activated me for two games, okay? Then they ended up cutting me out, and Lamar goes, he wants to stick with Lawrence Pete. They ended up cutting that guy at the end of the year, and I was like, <laughs> I saw get this, get get this, Bert. I know I told you this. I my wife and I went to an alumni game with the Buccaneers. My wife and he goes, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I made was cutting Dan. And I, I really, and my <laughs> wife looked at him as soon as he got up and walked away. My wife went like this, fuck him. <laughs> I, I was i was like hey come on man it's all good <laughs> no but see, that's mean, you, you're dealing with people you know that have families man you just can't cut a guy like especially a guy that never been cut before i had never been cut before and to get cut and for a guy that sucked come on man that's the worst in the world man and oh, just it, so it, happened oh, when that you get called in it's the worst man it's the worst. I got cut twice. It, it's terrible. And I got cut by Jimmy. Jimmy calls me and he goes, you know, you're one of my favorite players of all time. Your calf is just not – you hurt your calf. It's just not going to happen for you, man. And I I, I was so – get get what they wanted me to do, Barrett. Final game, and I'm playing. They wanted me to get a sniper shot, okay? They wanted me to fall down. So they could put me on injured reserve. Do you know what my freaking ego did? I'm not. I'm not doing that. Oh, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy goes. We told you fall down, and we're gonna put you on IR. You would have had, and they it would have been a year for me, right? right? And I You'd go paid like, a year. I would have got a year, right? They go. You are the dumbest dude. You ended up costing yourself an opportunity to stay with the Cowboys because Kevin O'Neill, the trainer, goes like this. He goes, just just, just fall down somewhere in a pile, and we'll put you on IR because we want to keep you. Now, here's my dumbass. I'm not fucking doing any of that. I, I don't do any. Oh, my God. They, well, I walked into Jimmy's office. He goes like this. I got to. I got a $75,000 check for you out the door here. Here, that's it. 
I go, you're kidding me. You're cutting me. He goes, you know, you're one of my favorite dudes. And I was like this. Hey, wait a minute, Barrett. Right. <laughs> get, get this. This is the check. My, my, I, I, I got a check in here somewhere from uh, the Lions. The Lions gave me the Lions gave me like a $10,000 check out the door, too. They wanted me to fall down. I'm going like, because this is how they keep guys on IR. I was yeah, so they hide you. Man. They hide you, man. They try hiding you. All right, yeah. I want to get into a topic here. And how would you like to have another first-round draft choice for the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, we'll love that. four. Yeah, would love that. But how? That's not likely. That, that's, okay, that's watch impossible. this. I'm going to show you how to get it. What's the one team in the NFL – that's a star team that needs O lineman. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Correct. Would you consider? And what did you say yesterday about the offensive line coach in Philly? Oh, Stalin's the best. Would you say the Eagles are pretty deep in the offensive line? No question. You think I it's a deep group? I know where you're going with this. And you think you think they're a deep group? Yes, definitely. Okay. So Howie Roseman calls up Duke Tobin or Mike Brown and says, I got Landon Dickerson. I'll send you Landon Dickerson for a first-round draft choice, for your no. first-round draft choice. I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. I thought you were going a different direction. Well, not, not, not the backup guy. That backup guy is not a first-round tackle. Dillard? Dillard he's is a, a – he, he's a quality left tackle. He's but is he a first-round guy? No. But I'm just okay. saying he's a quality. That's guy. why you have to throw Dickerson in there, <laughs> and, and and you for a for, wait a minute four first rounders, right? Four first rounders, and how about this? Okay, for the thirty first pick, for the thirty first pick, and you get an opportunity now to go out and get one of these star free agent quarterbacks, or you get yourself. Watch this: if you give up three first rounders, say for Deshaun. You still got a first rounder because you got rid of Dickerson for a number one. And a team, you might get another, you might get a first and a third because they're desperate to try to get offensive linemen. Hey, look, they're going to draft a whole ton of offensive linemen in Cincinnati, but they're one of the teams that have the biggest cap space. So what they're going to do is if you're Howie, why not package up Dickerson for a one and a three? You're talking about two quality picks here. Look, a first-rounder, that means you have four, three go for one of these big-time quarterbacks. You draft an offensive lineman with that, or you draft a wide receiver, or you draft an edge rusher with that first-round pick that you got for Dickerson. You get the best of both worlds. You get an edge rusher, and you get a quality quarterback in the same draft. They would go nuts here in Philadelphia. I'm letting you know right now. They would burn down the the stadium if you let Landon Dickerson go. He has become a folk hero here also. I mean, come on. You got a guy that goes to work. He's going to a game in overalls, a cowboy hat, and, 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 and cowboy boots. No shirt on. Going to a game. That's how he showed up at the stadium, at the link, going to a game this year. He's a folk hero already, man. They would never let that happen, bro. I'm telling you, they would have to – there'd be snipers out there looking for Howie Rosen if he did But that. there's no way right now with the current structure 
that you're going to sit here and go like you're going to have to out. We we looked at the teams. There's like 16 or 17 teams that are going to be in the market for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. What you're trying to do is you're trying to make your football team better. I'm not trying to be boys with Landon Dickerson. Right. Hey, and you and I, this is why I brought that up when we were talking about Butch. Dude, it's not about butt buddies. No. This is about getting football teams better here. And if I can land Deshaun Watson or I can land Russell Wilson and I move Landon Dickerson for a first-round pick and you're telling me how great the coach is, and I agree with you, by the way, and the depth of the team, hell, I was talking to Baldy. Baldy says it's one of the deepest groups in the National Football League, the, the, what the Eagles have. So I'm, I'm looking at this and going like this. You're not going to get a first-rounder for that backup kid. You're not going to get a first-round. You might get a third yeah, for I the kid, you but you ain't third. getting a one. But you look at – not even Sayamala would come in, and, 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 you know, that's his position. He would come in and play that in, right. in, 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 in the stead. So well, is it any high guys, on him? Is it any oh, high on him? Very high on him. High on Sayamalu and high on Landon Dickerson. In fact, one of those two is going to have to flip-flop spots and, you know, one plays the left guard and one plays the right guard. I don't know which one they'll go with. They'll probably go with Landon Dickerson since the younger the guys move him over because he can learn the right side position. Uh, Sam Milo's been entrenched at the at the left guard position for the past three or four years. So letting Landon Wait, Dickerson All these people go. over here are going like this. Look, no way. Right, you you see the string? Oh, go, they're my captain, too. Yeah, you're right, man. <laughs> MFC, man, that's my captain. We, you know, we have, I have a boat, man. I, I'm a boating guy, bro. I, I boat all the time. And uh, my boy, you know, T Fortuna, you know, I have my boat docked at his marina and we kick it out there. We go fishing. I mean, we go tuna fishing. We go, you name it. We go, we go hunting, man. We make it happen, bro. Oh, I'll tell you what, Barrett. I, you know what? I'm going to invite you then. We're, I'm going to invite you down to Jimmy Johnson's. Um, place down in Isle Morada, down in the Keys, okay? You're, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make a date. I'm going to get Jimmy to do this. Troy Aikman and all them dudes all go down there. This guy goes out tuna fishing every day, every day. He's out three, four hours drinking Heineken's. Every day, man, he's out there. i got to tell you, i got to get you down there, man, for one opportunity to get down there and have yourself a good time. You've got to get down there, dude. So, hey, we'll get you down there. Have yourself a good time, too. So, hey, it's one of the absolutely best times that you could possibly have, man, when you go down and you go fishing with Jimmy Johnson, man. All right, so it looks like Barrett's frozen a little bit. Let's see if we can end up hooking that up here. And you tell me what we need to do here a little bit here. So let's go on here. So listen, guys, all up. Hey, I'm going to take you down to Isle Morada, Barrett. I watched Jimmy Johnson. I would love that, you know what? Because I watch, uh, you know, all these shows on, you know, boating shows down in Isle Morado. I mean, I've seen all that stuff, man. I definitely do it, man. Definitely. Oh my! Hey, it's one of the best times. He takes you out, and bro, you go like deep sea fishing. I mean, you Jimmy goes out there, and he's out there like six in the morning until like the sun goes down. There's like food on the boat. We're sitting there drinking. We're it's it's one of the best times that he does it every year. He invites his guys down, and NFL guys all go down there. All the coaches, Belichick goes down there every single year. And bro, I'm there. Him. I'm there. In fact, my boy, my boy T. Fatuna, man, he goes down there all the time. He's uh 
He's got um his his mom lives down there. He's got a condo down there. He even has a boat down there, bro. So I mean, he, he we're tied in. If we go down there, let's make that happen. Let's make it Dude, happen. That's a fun time. So no one landed Dickerson being moved. Oh no, man, for a first rounder. I understand that, man. But you would have this city going nuts. I mean, you see the stream. The stream no, is no, like bro, no, there's no way, no way. On yeah, Dickerson. see. I mean, I can see um, you know, just like you know, you Sanders see the Sanders. logic though, right? Yep. <laughs> the logic is there. <laughs> Don't you see? <laughs> Dickerson's off limits. <laughs> no, no, no. See, that's what I'm saying, man. There's no way. There's no way that happens. See? No way. Hey, who do you think has more upside, Malata or Dickerson? Malata. Malata still, he's still untapped, man. He just he's he just played one angry, he's played two angry games his entire career. That was the last game, um, uh, last game last year against Dallas, he played angry and he played angry against uh, the Saints and he took it to another level. He punished, he absolutely punished the defensive ends that um, that he played against in those two games, punished them. I don't know what they did and lit his fire. He played at another level. And once he gets to, you know, gets it to him that he can go out there and play with that time type of intensity and, and the ferociousness, I mean, he, he could, he could, crush people man he just hasn't done it man he just or does it every once in a while when you when you know it's almost like you poke a sleeping bear so you don't think he has a killer instinct no i know he doesn't have a killer instinct there's Ooh. no way he doesn't have it hey if i was six seven 385 no, pounds just six eight prison six eight right <laughs> right i'd be the biggest bully in the world man i'm already six five and a half and i tried to bully people man you know what i mean this guy man, man he's and he's so quick and athletic, it scares me that he doesn't realize his potential. He still hasn't played as his potential. I mean, I and they he got didn't him even know how to put a helmet on two years ago. Bro, I mean, he didn't know how to do anything. He didn't know anything about leverage. He didn't know anything about having power positions and and you know and angles, you know, playing, you know, uh, you know, with he played with high pads. He's finally starting to look and 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 be an offensive tackle just now. And he's still, I mean, his 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 ceiling is not even close to being there. I mean, it's not even close to being there. I mean, he got you know, those high ceilings and mansions. That's his ceiling. This kid, man, is unbelievably talented. He just doesn't have the streak in him. And you can learn that. You can actually oh, yeah. learn that. You can, yeah, yeah, you might have to tie him to a chair and beat his ass for a while. But right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but look, hey, you know what I notice about Philly fans. Let me let me let me let me show you what I've been reading here. Hell no, fuck no, no, we ain't getting. I'll tell you, man. They fall in love with their players, don't oh, they? No question. They fall in. I mean, there's so like. Do you? I don't. I think outside of Brady in New England, and maybe Gronk. I don't think that fan base goes. Hey, I'll tell you what, Wes Walker, man. That guy, man. He's really like no. a. I don't think they do that, but in Philly, man. I'm talking about moving an offensive lineman for a first rounder that could potentially help you get one of these elite quarterbacks in your building. And people are like this, no way, man. I want to do with the cowboy hat. I, that, that guy could be like Upshaw and Art Shell for the next like 15 years when you, you have it? those two guys playing left guard yes. and uh, left tackle, right? It'd be it'd be just like Larry Allen and um and 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 Nate Newton or, or or Eric Williams and Larry Allen. I mean, you could you could sincerely have the best left side in football 
for the next five, 10 years. And they signed Malata to a cheap deal. They got yeah. over on him. For $64 million to probably the heir to the best tackle in the league, he's going to be no question if he just gets this much meaner, the best left tackle to play, man. I mean, he's got Munoz type of athleticism. No, I, I, I've i seen him, and, and, and I watched him when he was playing. My daughter plays rugby, as I told you, and his athleticism is off the charts. He just has to learn technique. And yep. oh, he's got, like you said, the best offensive line coach. And it's one of the deeper units. And that all I was saying is, look, they've got to figure out how to get an elite quarterback in the building there. Yes. I understand that they have an elite offensive line. But, 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 but follow me here, Barrett. You can have an elite offensive line like you do in Dallas. But when I look at Dak, I go like this. Yeah, well, what is Dallas going to do with that elite offensive line if the quarterback can't push you in the end zone where you're getting bounced in your opening round of your playoffs? You, I don't care if you have an elite offensive. The Cincinnati Bengals got to the Super Bowl with the worst offensive line in the league. You can know. have an elite O-line, but what does it get you at the end of the day if you don't have an elite quarterback? I mean, look, I get it. Landon Dickerson, Malata. Fantastic players. But what I've witnessed this last uh, playoffs, maybe it's changed my mentality because I'm with you. I think you built through the draft. You have to be the 17 Super Bowl team that the Eagles had, in my opinion, they had two of the best units in all of football. Their D and O lines were the the two best combination units. I said that. I said they beat teams up and they beat them in the submission. Because they had the best combinations yep. of anybody in the league. And yep. they had a hot quarterback in Foles once he got into the playoffs. He was like an Eli Manning run or some shit. He just went on some psychotic run. And there it is right there. And that that's like at this point, Kelsey, um, 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 like you said, Nick Foles, they they don't have to buy ever buy a drink in this city ever again. They don't have to buy anything ever again. Because they will be entrenched in, in, in Eagles folklore for from this point on forever. After that, that you know, after you know, Foles won the Super Bowl, he actually is the reason why Carson is gone right now. He could not, you know, Carson could not live up the expectations that 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 Foles put in front of him. He cracked. He couldn't handle it. You know, because of that, they was making shrines to him. Because of that, because he got a statue. He couldn't bear coming to work and seeing that and him not being the man in that Super Bowl. You know, so he, couldn't, I, he couldn't do it. I, I, I said one of the reasons why I thought Foles connected with that group and with that offensive line was this. Doug Peterson's a backup quarterback. Frank Reich was a backup quarterback. I, and I think yep. both those two guys and three guys were all journeymen together. They knew what those guys were going with, going for, what they were saying, what they were thinking. Hey, you know, they knew in Foles, and they saw themselves in Foles. And yep. I thought Foles connected with that, and I thought that group, the old line the whole team connected with that, that here's a guy that's a journeyman getting his opportunity, like Rich Gannon did when he took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. Gannon was on, like, nine different teams. Right. <laughs> okay? But all of a sudden, he wins an MVP, finds himself with Gruden. Gruden ends up leaving, going to the Buccaneers. Well, by the way, he ended up winning that game against – Rich Gannon and them guys, but what you, you, you follow me here? I always thought that that connection between all those backups, including Foles, 
was one of the reasons why they connected and why they yes. didn't really miss a beat. And they actually elevated the team under Foles in the playoffs Absolutely. that year. Absolutely. I mean, Jason Peters was out. You know, they had quality guys out. You know, Sproles was out. All those guys weren't even, you know, dressed. Their best players weren't even dressed. And they still won a Super Bowl. But, hey, you know, before we go to break, hey, Xander, I had to go buy my own, bro. See, I had to go buy my own stateside vodka because <laughs> you guys didn't send it to me. I had to go buy my own yesterday. Damn. Damn. I had to go man, buy my I own, think, man. I, I think that's on Big Joe, man. Hey, stay side. Joe, hey, get this going, man. Hey, Xander. man, I th- hey, I, 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 think that's, I think that's on Big Joe. I don't know if that's on Xander, man. I'm going to say I think it's on Big Joe. All right, is there any quarterback that's in this current draft that you like, Barrett? We'll take a look at that. Keep it here on the middle. Back in three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Big Sills in for Harry May. Combines help you, Barrett, or hurt you? Um, the combines helped me. I believe it wow. did because <clears throat> it showed the type of athlete I was. 
um, it put me in a position where I wasn't as strong as I should have been, but I was I was able to show how athletic I was. You know, you know, you put me um, in drills, get me awkward positions. I can get out of those positions. I can move my feet. My my feet are my my, my best asset. I had really really quick feet, so I can get to you know a point faster than most guys. So it helped me out a lot. You know, it showcased things that you know I, I was good at. Me, so do you think? Do you think that the combine helps more so the offense and defensive line because when you're in a group like that, you know you have to go to film and you have to watch game film on O linemen because you just can't look at a guy. There's a kid up in Minnesota who's like six eight, four hundred pounds. Yes, I you, saw that. And and I and I'm like this. I saw him move. He's kind of he's kind of quick. But kind of quick in the NFL gets you killed. I mean, you can't be kind of anything yeah, yeah. in the NFL. So you can't kind of block somebody to your block. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> hey, you're, you're you're not you're not you're not graded on a bell curve in the NFL. Right. You're either that or you were that. <laughs> right. I mean, so I think it helps O lineman out more so than any other position because it puts a spotlight on you, like you said, running shuttle drills. Let's see what your feet are. Especially a guy like you. I mean, you know, when you're able to be as versatile, and I, again, I tell people this when you can play outside, you can play tackle, and then you can roll inside, man, you got to have fucking great feet when you're playing inside yeah. because there's so much traffic in there. And if you're not picking your feet up, you're going to lose that inside shoulder, man. And you're going to get your quarterback killed. So you thought it helped you. No, it did help me. But I will say this a lot of the offensive linemen that do go, it, it kind of. It, it could also, um, it can also, you know, put your who you really are out there. Also, like if you're a slow lumbering guy, you run a run a five six forty, your your stock is gonna go, shh, it's gonna drop down. You may be a strong guy, you know, mauling type of offensive lineman. So doing those drills will hurt you more so than anything. If you're just you know a guy that's gonna be a shit kicker, you know, what I'm saying and that's what you do, but you're slow, it, it hurts you. You know, what I'm saying I've seen guys like that that. Didn't have athletic bone in their body, but will maul you to death in the game. Just he was just so ornery, it didn't make a difference. I was just gonna, he was just gonna kill you regardless. You know what I'm saying? You couldn't get past him because he was strong as hell. He wasn't gonna move from that spot, but you weren't moving him from that spot. And it made him a great player because he just mauled people, man. You got people like that, it kind of hurts them. But I mean, it does help. It helps. I think it'll help help guys more so than hurt guys. When it comes to you know offensive linemen, um, you know if if they can run a, a good forty, if you they, you got to run a good forty, it kills you if you don't. If you're five two and below, you're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, how was your interview? Did your interview go well? You know that man. You know, I mean, I I I got the gift of gab, bro. So I mean, of course, I'm talking to him, letting him know, you know, you know, and and my biggest strength was when we sat down and we talked X's and O's. When we talked about um you know, linebacker play, you know, what, what am I looking at, you know, as far as when I first line up, you know, who do I see? What, what motions do I see? Do I understand the offense enough that know the shifts and everything that happens? And if this shift happens, what I'm supposed to do? Um, you know, how a three technique can move in at, to a head up four eye position. You know, what do I do then? You know, those are, that's where my strength was, you know, talking through those type of things. So yeah, we didn't really have the combines back in like 87, no. And I came out early, which was the biggest mistake of my life. I mean, 
you know, the whole thing with the NCAA, man, I was just, you know, and, and I'll tell you flat out, Barrett, I failed in the NFL because I just wasn't mentally prepared to play in that league and right. act like a man. And I tell people this, that's why when I see guys that are not engaged and taking the game seriously, I think guys get more latitudes today on staying on teams more so than when we were on uh, teams. If you fucked up one time, man, you were gone in a second, man. They, they got labeled. You, you got labeled. And so like we had pro days and, what really helped me out was I ran a four eight at two eighty nine. Wow! And 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 I benched like I I think I did the two twenty five forty times. See, and so I did that and 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 right and it helped me and plus I had a hundred tackles and I outplayed Jerome actually Jerome's senior year I completely outplayed him and you know they were all like this and that but the whole thing with the I I, I, I tell people man that's why I ask you. I learned how to be a pro too late when I got around Ed Jones. You figured it out. You followed a guy. You saw a guy, Guy McIntyre, you talked about. See, I think what people don't understand, it's not just about kissing cheerleaders and cashing paychecks. It's not about anything to do. Man, I didn't – my issues were with the league. Watch this, Barrett. I walked out of training camp because I got depressed – um, it, it's a lame ass excuse in Tampa. And I walked out of training camp and I didn't come back and I got labeled, like you said, and that was the end of it. I mean, they back then, if you did that stuff, you're out. Well, they don't, they, I was they, never they able to recover out, yeah. from that. Right. You, 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 once you were labeled, man, it's hard to get that stigma off you. Cause I was a starter for six years, but I rode the bench because they labeled me a, a, a backup after that, no matter how, Great, I played. No matter, no matter how, how good your in, grades were, too, right? I'd grad. I mean, I, I was grading out ninety percent. I mean, ninety eight percent, ninety three percent. You know, the lowest grade I got, you know, for my last six years was like a ninety eight. I mean, ninety three percent. You know, in all my grades, and and because I was labeled a backup, they were always trying to replace me. Well, you know, I understand that. You know, people don't understand when you when you sign a contract with the NFL. Five minutes after you leave that room and sign that contract, the ink's not even fully dry yet. They're trying to find somebody that's bigger, stronger, faster, younger, and cheaper, cheaper. than you are. You know, so that's why I just, you know, I just held on and, and, and milked the league as long as I could, man, because they were milking me and I was milking them the same Dude, way. Dude, 12 years. Come on now, man. I mean, that's a phenomenal career when you play that long. You know that, man. And then right. you were able to have success team-wise, too. Yeah, get yeah, one of them yeah. rocks. I mean, Jesus Christ, many man, that's a phenomenal career here. Let's 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 go into some of these young guys. And I and I, I won't lie to you. I'm going to do a mock draft on Friday, but I want to throw this at you here. You know, sometimes we see classes and we see guys. And here's the one thing that I don't like when I hear the pundits saying this. Well, this is really a shitty draft class when it comes to quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, you probably were saying that too about Tom Brady when Brady came out of Michigan too. That. <laughs> He's a shitty prospect, too. Or Joe Montana, who went in the third round. Drew or Kurt Warner, who wasn't drafted, right? You know what right. I'm saying? Why is the quarterback position the most difficult position, you think, to evaluate? Because, you know, you always hear about intangibles and things of that nature. It's hard to really, these days, really pick up on what a quarterback really is because they're not taught the same way they were taught back in our day. 
They're not taught to go out there and read defense. They're not taught to look at alignments and see what's about to happen in front of you. The pre-snap read is gone because they're too busy looking to the sideline and seeing what the offensive coordinator is talking about. They're not, they're not really tested as far as defensively on, on defensive coordinators really trying to, you know, make things complex for them. What the college football does now is get a whole bunch of great athletes and put them out there and say, here, go at it. They're not teaching them the little idiosyncrasies on how to become great players. Now, the line play and in the trenches, you usually get a great barometer on who they are because, you know, you, you still use your talent to block guys. But it's different from it's different when you get to the NFL. Like, I think the only thing that, you know, defense alignment will always be ahead of the curve yep. these days than offensive alignment because these days offensive alignment are taught to go, go out of a three-point stance. So it's a lot of things that they're not taught that really hurting, you know, especially these quarterbacks. They can't even they can't even make line calls because they don't understand what line adjustments are in in, in game type situations. How about just taking a center snap? They don't do that anymore. Right. right? It's all shotgun. It's all shotgun in college. And your, your point is exactly right. I mean, when you're in the college game and I tell folks this all the time. When you're in the college game and you're a quarterback, you're told where to throw the ball. Exactly. They they they've got the signs over there. They're telling you and helping you <laughs> in the read where to go with the ball. The what makes Brady so special? Brady breaks the huddle and already has an idea 90% of the time where he goes with the ball and what he's going to do is everything that he does is pre-snap and he's ready to go pre-snap. It, it could be an alignment with tight ends, a block and release with Gronk on the scene. He yep. already knows that. He's got he's got a safety net with Gronk here doing this. He'll come to the line of scrimmage, and he may sit there and look at the safety, find the safety, and he's going to move people with his head. Yep. And he's going <laughs> to slide the secondary, and he already knows that the slot is going to be open. And if it's not, He's got Gronk here on the side here going block and release. How many times have you seen Brady come to the line of scrimmage? All of a sudden, you'll see that free safety come down and start to block the sink. He'll block the slot over here, and he'll go change it at the last second, and he'll tell Gronk block and release. There it is across the scene. Touchdown right down the middle of the field. I see that play all the time. They made a living out of doing that, but – do you know, I don't think people realize how hard that is. They don't. For you to be able to do that against some of these defensive coordinators because the defensive coordinators in the NFL today, I mean, these guys can work at NASA. Yeah. Everything is so strategically done, and everything has a technique to it. And you're right. I think that's why when you see guys like Burrow or you see guys like Herbert who just have a, have a knack – for seeing it, and that's what it is. I, I I think that's something that you you th that you can't evaluate. Do you agree right. that you have to see it on the field? Absolutely, absolutely. Like there's no way that anybody saw that that um that Patrick was going to be as good as he is. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew that Patrick Mahomes just came in and wowed everybody. Nobody saw that besides uh, uh GM. What's his name? Um, from from Kansas City. Oh, Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah, Dorsey. Dorsey was the only one that saw it. So. You, you can't really get an accurate assessment of what a quarterback can do at the next level because he's that hasn't faced the defenses that he's about to face in the NFL. 
you know, defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars to stop these big time quarterbacks. And they can do little things in disguise, you know, especially they'll know they're not going to go against defensive players like a Troy Palomato who can start off. He has deep thirds in the middle of the field, but start off on a line of scrimmage lined up over a tight end and give the illusion that it looks like it's man to man simply because he's right there. And the snap of the ball still can get up in deep, deep thirds and still make a play on the other side of the field because the quality athletes, you know, people don't understand in the NFL, everybody's an All-American. When you were in college, you played against maybe one or two All-Americans in each game. Everybody's an All-American in the NFL. So it's hard to really assess what guys really are, what they're going to blossom into being because, you know, you just don't have the same um, film that you had, you know, back in the day where, you know, defensive coordinators were, you know, playing real defense back then. You know, it was real um, play calling back then as opposed to now. You know what, it, Barrett, it's funny you say that. You know, my, I, I, I got a real good test of what the league was my rookie year, and we go up to Green Bay, and we're playing up there, and it's freezing cold, and I'm like, oh, these guys are 5-11. and 11. Oh, they suck. Okay. <laughs> and I get in the game, and I was like this. Holy shit, these guys are as good as the fucking Bears. What the hell is I mean, the difference between being eleven and five right. back then and being five and eleven was probably twenty plays a game. Yep. That the good teams made. And I got I I walked off the field going like this. Well, those records don't mean shit in that league, man. Because everybody, like you said, everybody is right here, man. You're playing against the elite of the elite. And so when you see when it, it always kills me when I hear like um, sportscasters, and I know you hear it too. Oh, they're playing a shitty team. I'm like, right, right. I don't know, man. I mean, that's not how that works, really, because that's a don't. When you play in that league, it is so difficult to win football games, and I don't think people realize how hard it is to win against even some of the lesser teams in that league. Bro, you play against the worst player in the NFL, and I guarantee you. <laughs> He could break anybody else's back, you know, it's not playing NFL. <laughs> yeah, the worst player in the NFL can go play in, in, in uh, the SEC team and still demo against them because those guys are just that good. That must kill you when you hear someone go, well, Alabama could probably beat Jacksonville. No, they right, can't. No, they can't. No, they can't. Are you kidding me? No, it, no, 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 it, no. It, 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 it doesn't work like that. It's funny you say that about Patrick Mahomes and evaluating Mahomes when he came out of Texas Tech. You know, I'll tell you what Jimmy Johnson said about him, and he compared him to Emmett, or he compared him to Barry Sanders. Follow me here. And he goes like this. He says, you've got to be willing, because this is what's the difference between Emmett and Barry. And Jimmy was like this. He goes, Emmett played in a structure. He goes, did you ever see Emmett Smith with a minus play in his career? And I was like, you know what's funny you say that? I don't ever remember Emmett Smith having a negative yard, even when he was at Florida. It was always like this with Emmett. Five yards, seven yards, 18 yards, nine yards. You look up, he's got 28 carries and 150 yards. Yeah. And you're like this. <laughs> Where did it come? Where the from? hell did that come from? Yeah. But with Barry, minus four, 15 yards, minus nine, 75 yards, minus six. You had to be willing to be cool with the minus plays that Barry had. And you had to be cool with that the same way with Patrick Mahomes, because 
Mahomes kind of plays schoolyard football a little, and Andy Reid's job is to keep him inside the rails yep. to keep that guy in there, and you've got to be willing. That's why I thought this last year we saw a little bit of Patrick Mahomes not having the patience because he's not a dink and dunk guy. This guy wants to get the ball down the field, and I think that's the one thing that he has to still learn to do is to be patient. Troy Aikman is the greatest example of this. Troy was never going to throw for 500 yards in a game. He didn't have to. But Troy was going to manage that game, and Troy was going to be a third-down quarterback. And that's why they had the best possession receiver in the game in Irvin, and they had one of the greatest backs of all time. And they utilized that. I think sometimes quarterbacks today, they lose their poise a little bit, and they lose their patience because it's such a pass-happy game. And I even think, like, look, look at Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni goes, what was it? He goes up to the Giants game and shits the bed because they throw the ball 38 times because that's in him on who he is. He's an offensive guy, Barrett, that wants to throw yep. the ball down the field, and he, he doesn't really utilize the components around him, the big old line, running the ball, being number one in the running game. And I think it really takes a special coach and a special quarterback to understand that and keep your poison, keep your patience with that. That's why I think that's really one of the most difficult things to do when it comes to evaluating that position. Do you agree? No question. Because when you look at, um, you know, when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, it's, 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 it's feast or famine for the most part. But I did see a progression in him midway through the season. He did. He got it. He got it together. He understood that all right, these all these teams are going to play, you know, two safeties twenty yards off the ball. Um, two deep safeties, so we can't, you know, we can't throw it over the top of them. They won't allow us to. So, you know, that kind of makes, the, you know, the cheetah kind of ineffective and for the big play. So what do you do? All right, so how can I make myself a better player and, and help my team? All right, let me throw up underneath them. Let me throw these crossing routes across the field. Let me hit Kelsey, you know, on these little stop routes right in front of them. Just, just keep the, move, the chains moving and make those safeties come down and play of the underneath game. And once he started seeing, all right, when I started giving the ball to Chidi at five yards on a crossing route, that he maybe take it for 30 yards. Oh, I can do this too. So it kind of, he kind of evolved to a quarterback that understands this. They said, you know, I, I sat down, I talked to Ray Roberts. Ray Roberts was left tackle uh, with the Detroit Lions. Now, big Ray played for a long time. And he played he did. with, he played with, you know, with, with, with um, Lomas. Barry, you know, him and Lomas, they played with Barry for a long time. And he said, Ray would say, man, it was times where the entire offensive line took their guys 10 yards down the field, dumped them on his head, and it'd be minus three. They'd give the ball to it'd be minus three. But then there are also times where not one person blocked a soul and Barry took it for 60 yards. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta you gotta pick and choose what you want, feast or famine. I think Mahomes game developed. And I think towards the end, you know, like in the last game. He wanted to bite off more than, you know, they were trying to give him. They were trying to feed him the underneath stuff. He wanted to take it down and win the game that way. You got to learn the process of who you are and what you do best. And until you can get the plays that you want, you got to settle for the underneath stuff. You can still win games that way. And he won a lot of games, you know, in the, in the mid to late part of the season because of that. But, uh, you know, Nick Sirianni, he did change. He did transition. He did. He wanted to run the ball. And he put him in a position they started doing. Then he started – um, putting Hurts in better positions, you know, and 
once he started going back to that old throwing the ball down the field, that's when things started, you know, erupting and, and, and going the wrong way. You got to have patience in this league. You got to take what the defense gives you sometimes, and then you go with the big play. He started off wanting the big play, and that's why he think he overlooked how good that defense was for the Giants. Absolutely, man. Let me here. You know, you you bring up Barry, and I, I may have brought this up to you. I, I've never met a more humble guy in my life. Right. I've never seen <laughs> a great player like that as humble. Well, my 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 friend Leroy Salmon was like that too. I mean, he was very, he was very very kind for a player that you couldn't block. He 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 was like that. I tell you, man. I had this $150 watch on my wrist, man. And Barry goes, Hey, I go, I got it from Walmart, dog. It's not a really big deal here. It's not. He goes, <laughs> Man, that's really a. Sp-. I go, I took it off my wrist. I said, Here, you can have it. He goes, Like this. No, no, no. I'll give you what you pay. I go, Barry, it's all good, dude. He goes, <laughs> I, I, he goes, Yeah, no, man. I live on $50,000 a year. And my pop puts all my money away for me. I go, So, you make three and a half million dollars a year, dog, and you, you live on fifty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, he goes. I'm not one of those guys that go. Well, here you can have this. I mean, he <laughs> and, and it's it's true. He was really that guy, man. I mean, I've Bro. never been around a nicer guy in my life. I told you how I, you know how I would see him all the time. At the time, my wife was pregnant, and um, you know, of course, you know, because she's pregnant, she wants certain things at certain times. So she would want something like two o'clock in the morning, you know, it wouldn't even be ice cream. So it was something like she wanted white castles or something like that. So um, I would go to the grocery store at two o'clock in the morning, a Kroger out in uh, out in uh, what was it called? Um, Albert Hills, you know, in Detroit. Yeah, I would yeah, go yeah, yeah, two yeah, o'clock yeah. in the morning, the Kroger, yeah. two o'clock in the morning. And who would I see? I, I did. I went like five times and Barry was there like three or the four times that, you know, three to four or five times I went and I just have conversations with him, man. He said, man, you know, I said, man, you, you, you kind of screwed me a little bit, man. I wanted to come play for you, man. I said, oh man, you know, I, I want to play, you know, I want to, I want to go fishing with my, my kids, man. I, I spent a lot of time away from my kids. My pops was always there for me. So I want to be there for my kids and just listening to him. And here I am looking at this superstar running back <laughs> and he's not even looking at that. He's talking about going fishing with his kids. Oh, yeah. And, and, and being around his kids, you know, that's the type of person he was, man. You know, so, I mean, I still remember those times. And, you know, and, and when I see him now, you know, he's still a great dude. Hey, what's up, Big B? How you doing? You know, just a great guy. You know, his Heisman Trophy is at one of his um, grocery stores in Oklahoma City. It's like it, when, when he won the Heisman, people forget this. When he won the Heisman, he was playing like in Japan. And he was. Oh, that's right. Indian. Yeah. He wasn't right. in New York City when he won the Heisman. I think he had like almost 3,000 yards rushing in one year, <laughs> 7,000 touchdowns, and he was just going to win the thing. Nobody was going to – and, and and you know, when he won it, he came back, and it, they've got like a chain of like grocery stores or something. I go, Barry, where's your Heisman? He goes, oh, I got that in the grocery store. So when people walk in, they could see the thing. That, and I'm going like – I go, man, you're just country. <laughs> I said, he goes, you know, man, I never had that called me like that before, but yeah, man, maybe I am. I, I, I just had a blast being around him because like you said, a true absolute superstar and he just treated his teammates so well and he respected the game so much. And you love that from a guy who gets all the accolades, but you also love the fact that, you know, when he talks, he always talks in team. 
He never yep. talks in I. He talks in we. Well, he I definitely did. I told, but I told him, I said, "Look, man, you did screw me, man. You know, because I, had my, you know, I, I, when I got there, I just knew I was gonna get one of those because he got the, all the guys. Um, that that year that I got the year before I got there, he got all the guys. You know, he got like two, two, uh, two thousand, you know, yards, and he got bracelets made up, chunk bracelets made up with the number two thousand, how many yards he had. You know, went in and and Cuban links going around it. You know, with that with that um with the amount of yards he had rushing." I'm like, man, I just knew I was going to get me a watch that year. I'm like, a uh, 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 bracelet that year. I'm like, yo, I'm, I can't wait. I need to get my wrist sized up already. You know? <laughs> I'm ready, you know? But he retires. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, no, oh, because man. the coach did a face plant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, let's take a time out here. I will get to the quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft here. I want to hit on that with Baird here. Baird Brooks, Dan Cilio in for Harry Mays. Back in three. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. When you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Welcome back to the middle. Big Sills in for Harry Mays along with Barrett Brooks. Barrett, got something here for you. I heard the name White Castle. Bro. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Free sliders. Oh! I'm going to send these to you. Hold on. And, yes, sir. Enjoy original slider. Okay, three for one. Hold on here now. Wait, wait. Got these bad puppies too. Yes, here, the sir. little nibblers. Yeah. <laughs> and you know Big and Z, right? Hold right, on, hold, right, hold right. On. I, I, I got more of these for you. Come here. on, man. Come on, man. You know me, bro. See, <laughs> see, see, see right here, man. I mean, look, they send me this stuff so because they know I'm a White Castle guy. I love and they it. go, Sills, hey, for, to, to a legend here. And I know you're a legend on eating White Castle burgers, man. Anytime you need them, <laughs> White Castle. Let me let me let me send them to you, bro. I gotta so travel up the I gotta travel up the turnpike an hour to go get White Castle, and and best believe I don't have a problem with it. I will drive up the turnpike. In fact, I might do it today. I'm gonna drive up the turnpike an hour up the road and go get me some White Castle and drive right back, man. I've Hold on, let me. Hey, how many of them things? Can, how? Let me see. Let me tell you what I did one day. So we go out, and I I, I had never in my life drinking Mad Dog. I had oh. never what is I had never drank Mad Dog 2020 or I never drank Thunderbird. I never had any of this. And by the way, Mad Dog's like three dollars or dollar eighty-eight or whatever the hell it is, right? I got a so story I about said, that too. I go like this, shit, give me three of them. And so I was like, you know, I I get I had never drank, I had never had any, I never had um uh that stuff. So Mad Dog 2020, I just, I'm drinking. It's like, I just like grape juice. Right, exactly. I would, and I I go like this. Well, shit, I, I just gun it. Man, I have never been more effed up in my life, man. <laughs> I'm rolling around, and I'm just doing, and this was at Maryland too, man, which I was a maniac anyway. So I walk into White Castle, man, and I go like, and dude, I'm hammered. And I go, I walk in, I go. They go, how many burgers? I go, shit, man, you better give me three of them boxes. Fill it up. I must have ate 25. <laughs> I must have ate 25 of them White Castles. Hoss, I get back to my dorm room. Man, I'm in there, and all of a sudden, I'm laying in bed. And I, I jump up, and I went, oh, my God, I have never in my life. I thought, man, I projectile vomited. <laughs> Hey, I thought I was breaking grapes. <laughs> Bro. Hey, dude, I have never. I, I ate 23 of them fuckers one night. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I get the I get the surf and turf, man. I get two double cheeseburger and it's a and it's a um and a fish fillet in one burger. That's what I get. I get the surf and turf, man. But look, this is my story about mad dog, man. I was in college, man. I it was the worst, man. But me and my boy, it was it was uh it was spring break, and everybody was home for spring break, and I couldn't afford to get home. I didn't have any money to get home, and I didn't have a car. So I'm sitting there. So me and my friend were sitting there and say, Man, all right, let's go get some mad dog and watch Faces of Death. <laughs> I don't know why we do. I'm talking about, you know, and and so that's what we do. We get like five bricks of mad dog, and people really call them bricks, not bottom, we call them bricks. We get five bricks of mad dog, we come back to the house. And we're in my dorm room, and all of a sudden we start watching Faces of Death. All of a sudden, these two girls walk by, 
We knew them. They came in. They started watching Face of the Death with us. I get like three of them down to get to that fourth one. Bro, I wake up. I wake up. And when I wake up, I'm in St. Louis. I went from Kansas City <laughs> to St. Louis. I ended up in St. Louis in, in front of my dad's house. I ended up in St. Louis. I'm like, yo, what am I doing here? I get up, man, and I go in, I talk to my pop. My pop lived next door. He had, you know, he had this um this double unit, you know. He had, you know, four four apartments, and he lived in one on this side, and um, he let me go to the one on the other side. And I woke up, and it was it was me and my frat brother and three girls, and we were in St. Louis. And I looked outside, it was one of the girls' cars. They drove us there. I don't know how I ended up there, how direction or anything, bro. That's a scary It's like hangover too. Yeah. How do I end up in St. Louis? St. Louis is eight hours away. You know what I'm saying? Eight hours away. How do you do that, bro? Oh, God, it was that, crazy, man. Hey, hey, hey. Here, here's one last one here. So Danny Stubbs, who played with me at Miami. That's my dude. Daniel Stubbs. I played with Stubbs in Philly. Yeah, man. Daniel Stubbs. Yeah, yeah Danny yeah. Stubbs, man. Me and, and by the way, it's the only time. At UM history, two guys with the same initials, born on the same day, made first team All American, and me and him, man, <laughs> were thick as thieves. Well, get this, and Stubbs partied his ass off. Still, still, oh. he was old, and he partied with me. He hey, man, old. that guy, hey, how you doing, everybody? Yeah, 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 how you, you, you know, I just think, this yeah, guy yeah. could drink a case of beer and do whatever. <laughs> I, I said, all right, Stubbs, I'm gonna go out with you one night. This is again in the offseason. We're drinking our ass. Dude, I woke up. I was in Nassau and my pants were around my ankles. I had no height. I had, I, I'm in Nassau, what? They go, Nassau, Nassau, Bahamas. Cause it's only like a 90, it's only like, it's like a, like a 90 minute ride from like Miami and an yeah. airplane, a little hopper to go over to the Bahamas. I'm going like, I'm in Nassau, what? What do you mean? I'm in a different country? What the, how did I fight? My pants are down. I'm like, I had no idea how I got there. Holy shit, man. And Stubbs was like, hey, 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 this is what you do when you're partying with me. <laughs> you know how he talks, man. That me and Stubbs used to fight every day in practice. I, you think you all tough, rookie? Rookie, you think you all tough? I, I, I got you. I got you. Oh, I'll get you this time. I'm going to get you this time. Oh, I, I got you. He was steady talking, man. I'm I'm steady serving him up, but he was steady talking, man. That's my man, boy, Stubbs. That, hey. Dude had a chest like a 12-year-old boy, man. He couldn't <laughs> anything. And he's going against Big Barrett, man. That's funny, man. I mean, Stubbs couldn't. He never, he, he oh, yeah, I got to do my arm curls. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> he never did anything. He's, you know, he ended up his career with about 61 sacks, man. So oh, yeah. pretty yeah. good, man. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit. Uh, by the way, okay, all of you now from the first hour, after I su suggested that Landon Dickerson – Okay, to the Cincinnati Bengals for our first rounder. So nobody in Philly wants a first rounder. They want Landon Dickerson. They said, Cilio, <laughs> I love you, but absolutely not. I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm going to bring this up a little bit later on. But, dude, I mean, I can't believe that you wouldn't want four first rounders. Bro, they did, we uh, we love our players, bro. We love our players, man. If you If you – if you can win this city over, you could be here for years and years and years, man. They just love their players here, man. And, he's, and you he's, think he's cementing himself? 
How about this? If he were to go into the draft right now, what pick would you think would be warranted to get rid of him to send him to Cincinnati? Say you you wanted to get another first because, like I said, it's going to take a lot to get Russell Wilson to want to come here, and it's yep. going to take a lot to get Deshaun Watson to want to come and play in Philadelphia. You're going to need multiple first rounds. You're going to need multiple picks to land a guy like that. If you want – and by the way, I want to make sure we do this. I, I'm not speaking for you, Barrett, but I don't think our conversation in any way is any shade on Jalen. No question. I, I, I don't think we're throwing any shade on him at all. But as you and I have talked and told people, the league is about getting better every single day and trying to find guys that they can upgrade at every single position, including coaching staff. They're always looking, that front office is always looking to upgrade and be cheaper if they possibly can. So it's no shade on Jalen. However, man, it's going to take a treasure a treasure chest to get one of those guys if you want to really be elite and you want your football team to be elite. I get Landon Dickerson is an elite offensive player, but, man, there's no substitute for an elite quarterback. I don't care who you are and what you are. The Bengals proved that to you. You don't have to have an elite line to win a Super Bowl or to be in a Super Bowl. Well, maybe to win it. I do think you have to have it. But you 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 have to have that elite guy if you're going to be in that game. And right now, the Eagles don't have that elite guy. Well, I'm, I'm going to give you the pulse. You know, I think really in Philly right now is to give, to give Hurts another year and develop him another year and go in with these three – draft picks in the first round and, and, and really build around, you know, re- build the team up, build a, build around this quarterback. I think that's what they're doing. I mean, that's what they want to do. They want the, they don't, they don't see any reason at this point that hurts would hurt you from getting to the playoffs. They really believe, you know, that hurts is a good enough quarterback and a good enough game manager to be okay with being a starting quarterback for this team. You think he can win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I, I will say this. I think that he can be a Super Bowl quarter, Super Bowl winning quarterback. I think he can. And that's simply because he's got to learn. He's right now 23 years old. He's 23. He's going into his third year. He's only 23 years old. Carson Wentz hadn't taken a snap in his career yet. But he's yet actually younger than Joe Burrow. He's actually younger than Joe Burrow. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 because he's so young, they, you know, everyone believes, including myself, that he can get good enough. He can get better. And everybody said, oh, he doesn't have a strong arm. Hell, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have a strong arm. In fact, Tom Brady yep. didn't have a strong arm. I think you can improve on that. Yeah, you can improve on him as a player. And I think he's going to do everything possible and list every type of herb, coach, uh, 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 root, um, you know, Magic, whatever it's going to take for him to develop into a quarterback, because that's just the type of person that he is. He will get better over this offseason and come in and show improvement going into this season. Now, is it good enough to be along the level of the quarterbacks we saw in the Super Bowl or the quarterbacks we saw in the playoffs? That's to be determined. But I do think he's good enough to go out there and win games for this Philadelphia Eagle team. Do you think that that style of play wins Super Bowls? Um, because, look, I mean, 
I think they're just, they're, I, I think if you're Steve Biscotti and you're the owner of the Ravens, and I and I brought this up two days ago to you, I think the Ravens love Lamar, and and I do, and I think we all do, and I think he's an electric guy. And for the life of me, I don't know how the University of Miami allowed that guy to leave South Florida. Right. I have no idea how you let that guy just roll out of your building to go to Louisville. I have, he's a South Florida kid. A lot of people love him. He's great in the community. He's all, he's a phenomenal face of the franchise. I have actually gone back and forth with him on Twitter because somebody was talking shit on him because of the way he dressed his hair and, you know, the gold teeth. And I was like this, what a racist comment. Right. I go, this guy, this guy is such a leader, man. I mean, you're looking at all the stupid peripheral stuff. Look at the content of the man's character. The man is a guy who goes out in the inner city and he's trying to give hope to kids that if he could do it, you could do it. That's how I got and played at the next levels because I looked at people like Gary Cobb and Gary played in my city. And I was like, damn, if Gary could do it, man, maybe I can. Absolutely. And so I, I looked at stuff like that. But as a football player, if you're looking at that, Man, he got banged up in the second half of that year. And then the other benchmark is looking at Cam. Cam's toast. I mean, he's a toast athlete now. That style of play beat his ass so bad. And then the other guy is Vic. Was Vic really ever a Super Bowl quarterback? Man, I don't know. He was electric. He lit the the scoreboard up. Um, We never know because of that time. Um, what happened? What could have been in Atlanta? I don't know what could have been. There will always be out there. But that style of play, Barrett, it's really good for television. It's really good for Madden. But I don't know if it's really good for postseason football because at the end of the day, these guys get beat on and their life expectancy at that position. Tom Brady plays 40. This, this guy plays until he's 44 years of age for a reason. Tom Brady had one significant knee injury um, about 12 years ago. And outside of that, they changed the rules where you can't touch the dude. Well, you can touch a guy who's running the football, and you can bang on him. Look what they did to Tebow. When they figured out to drop that linebacker down every time he ran that stupid pitch play or right. toss play, <laughs> I mean, NFL linebackers were blowing him up, man. He was never going to last, even though he wasn't an NFL guy. They were blowing him up. I'm just wondering, and Hurts had surgery at the end of this year. I'm just wondering, that style of play, I don't know if it's conducive to winning games. Well, at, at this point, you know, you can't you can't say that it has results in winning a Super Bowl because we haven't seen that yet. Um, but I don't see Hurts as just being a guy that's going to be a one-trick pony. And I think that's the biggest difference. I think Hurts wants to develop into being – a quarterback can, can do both throw from the pad, uh, throw from the pocket like Russell Wilson, but also be able to run when he has to or run within the scheme work of what the office is asking him to do. That's the only way he's going to survive. You know, you look at guys like um, look at the Browns, look at what they're going through with Baker Mayfield. Um, look what happened with, with Murray. I mean, taking those hits, man, it, you, you, they just can't do it. Their bodies aren't developed to do and have that type of toll put on him. You know, Allen's just a rare bird that, you know, he can throw from the pocket right now, and he's learning to do that more so than use his body. But even they run him too much. You know, at this point, I, I the evolution of, of what the Eagles 
have a quarterback is going to change with Jalen Hurts. They'll adapt to what Jalen Hurts does well if they go forward to have him as a quarterback. I believe they can win with Jalen Hurts being that quarterback, but they're going to have to shore up one side of the ball to carry the other side of the ball. Either way it goes, whether it's drafting everybody around Jalen on the other side of the ball or drafting all the guys on, um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball to make the defense carry the offense. But they need to make one side heavier than the other side because they can't think that they could do both of them equally and, and still win games. You, you think that's that. what they're doing in Dallas? I, that's absolutely what they're doing in Dallas. They see the transition from offense to their defense being how they're winning games. It's kind of what the the Rams really, if you think about it, right? They have two and a half really fine players there. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got uh, rejuvenated Von Miller. How long does that last? And they got Aaron Donald and the rest of those guys. No, no disrespect are kind of dudes. Yep. Yep. Right. And then the rest of your, your money like is over with Woods and with Cooper cup and yep. with Stafford and with the O line, making sure that O line, they're gonna have um, a problem next year, also, because they gotta find somebody to play left tackle. You know, I, I want to throw this at you before we get into the quarterbacks here for a second here that are coming out in the draft. You know, I, I made this point to people, and I said this to to everyone um, in the afternoon show, uh, the National Football Show. I said this: Cooper Cup is a dude, and I'm gonna make a point to you here. <laughs> well, here last year he only had 979 yards and four touchdowns or three touchdowns. The Eagles will take that in New York minute because they don't even have it. They have that now, Devonte. Okay, but here, know this. When you bring a quarterback with a Super Bowl arm in, you transform Cooper Cup into 17 or 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns and 145 catches. Fair take, fair take. Okay, yep. and if, if you don't have that Super Bowl arm, there's not a wide receiver in the NFL that will want to come and play with Jalen because, like you said, if you're building that team around that style of play, and you're going to build that, there's not a free – if I'm Cooper Cup, I would look at the Eagles and go, never in a billion years would I come play with Jalen because my numbers are going to beat Devontae Smith numbers, 68 catches, 925 yards. I mean, let the numbers prove it. Cooper Cup with Jared Goff last year was under 950 yards catching, receiving, and he played all the games last year, and he had three touchdowns last year. I mean, this year – it was an unbelievable, the play calling. Stafford, if you don't have that big arm, you're not going to attract. And I wonder, like you said, I wonder how that looks perception-wise during free agency right now when Howie's out there and you're going to try to call a big-time wideout. I'm just throwing Julio Jones. Why would Julio want to come to a team where he may get 30 catches for 400 yards? Why would I come and do that when my contract is built on incentives? The Eagles right now are not a destination for offensive players, like you say. If they want to go heavy, Barrett, they got to go heavy in the draft. You're not going to get skilled NFL veteran 28 to 29-year-old guys that are going to want to come and play with Jalen. And again, no shade on him. This is about me earning my paycheck and me making my money here and me worrying about what my incentives are in my contract. I know that guy is not going to get me my incentives. He's not going to get me. There's The example is Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford and having Jared Goff last year. That's, you, that's, that, you, it's hard, to, it's hard to, to fight that argument. You know, what you're saying is true, man, because 
I mean, that's the only reason why Alshon, you know, at the time when Alshon signed with the Eagles, the reason why he signed with the Eagles because the lure of having Carson Wentz there. Carson right. Wentz, come play with this young quarterback. So they were able to get the number. At the time, he was the number one wide receiver, um, um, you know, free agent out there at the time. And he could have signed with other teams for longer deals, like three-year contracts worth, you know, however million millions of dollars. But he signed with the Eagles on, you know, basically a, 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 a prove-it type of one-year prove-it type of deal. And he ended up proving it. They ended up signing him. But how hard is it to bring somebody in to to for Jalen Hurts to be that guy and, and 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 try to, you know, get somebody? Hey, man, you know, come on in here. You, you might be right about that. You, you know, know what? The last time the Eagles had a thousand yard receiver was Jeremy Macklin. Fourteen. Yep. Fourteen. Fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Barrett. How in the world? You know and. I always see people saying, oh, we need a veteran. Man, you ain't getting T. Higgins right. to want to come and play in Philadelphia. I mean, and, and again, it's about opportunity. And like you say, when you're building – like here, I'll make a point to you too. How many people do you think are really lining up to want to go play in Tennessee? It's, it's not really an eagle thing. It's a system thing. How many big-time wide receivers like Odell Beckham want to go and play in Tennessee – when you know that you're looking at a scenario there where the majority of the offense is going to run through uh, Derrick Henry and they're going to run the ball and that's going to be the style. Now, same thing with Arizona, like you were saying. Okay, so DeAndre Hopkins, they make that move to get him and he's going to get the bulk of the catches. Dude, twos and threes, they're just dudes there because those got no really good wide out. He's going to want to go and play in Arizona knowing that the style of offense they have. And same thing with Baltimore. I mean, when's the last time Baltimore had a gigantic wide receiver? Anquan Bolden? I mean, really, when's the last time they had somebody in that system? So they did draft. Think, yeah, they have to draft those guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and get this, and there we start again. Okay, you're drafting guys to a team that has a quarterback that has accuracy issues early in his career. Let's give him the benefit that he'll get better. But that was the stuff that plagued him. The reason he got replaced, Barrett, at Alabama by Tua Tucker Viola was because of his accuracy issues. And he got replaced there, and he had to move. Now, did he improve under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma? He did. He improved his accuracy. He got that team into a Final Four. But, you know, I mean, if I think if I'm not mistaken, he was throwing a C.D. Lamb there. Right. Well, that's that's and there it is. You know, when C.D. Lamb was so wide open, you really didn't know what his ability was to 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 read a defense, what his ability was to to throw a guy open because C.D. Lamb was always open. He was just that much of a freakish player in that Big 12 conference. So, you know, it's hard to really evaluate these quarterbacks coming out when you're looking at. I mean, because I mean, you look at Ole Miss's quarterback, even though he's hurt. Matt Corral. Matt Corral will probably be. To me, the best quarterback in the draft, simply because I, I agree. who he played in the SEC, the amount of competition that he had in ACC, Th those know, those future pro NFL DBs and corners, yes, Stingley, you know, that are in that conference. That, yes, I agree because of the competition. So when you look at a Malik Willis, you know, when I know we're about to go into the, um, you yep. know, but Liberty, come on, man, what what competition are you getting there? You know, what competition are you getting? 
with with you know, I mean, I, I forget who they play. Hey, hey the prepared, you know what though? When you say that, I'm gonna tell you what I said about Carson Wentz. Same thing I say about Trey Lance. North Dakota State. I mean, do you play against anybody in those conferences that are pro football players at all where you get a good competition? I mean, I had to look up on YouTube Trey Lance's games because I had <laughs> never seen the guy. I think I saw him play one game. One, me too. And they had him play a running back. He was running back. He wasn't throwing anything. I was, I, but no, no, I'm not even that because I call him one play Trey. I, I, I think he played one in his final year at yep. North Dakota State. I think he played one game. Maybe that's what you're referencing. I yep. I never saw the guy play. And I go, let me let me YouTube something. And I was like, okay, the windows are wide open. But who's he playing against? And I'm like, I don't know if you get a really good, fair evaluation of a guy when he's playing against people that could play in the Ivy League. And no mm. disrespect to that, but I mean, I'm not recruiting anything out of the Ivy League, really. I'm recruiting everything out of the Southeastern Conference. I'm recruiting everything out of the Big Ten. I might go into the Pac-12. And I, I told everyone this. If I had 11 picks like Howie Roseman does, man, 70% of my picks would come out of the Southeastern Conference, Parrot, because you know why? It's just a competition. And the chances of my failure – you're going to be limited because of the amount of athletes that go to that conference and play against the competition. You're playing Florida. You're playing Georgia. You're playing Alabama, LSU, A&M. I'm going to stick in I mean, watch this. In the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State and outside of Michigan, really, some dudes on Iowa, okay, Indiana, <laughs> really? I mean, right, Rutgers, I mean, Maryland, I mean, Minnesota, okay. I mean, but those teams down in the Southeastern Conference, man, they're loaded everywhere. Like a 6-5 and five SEC team, in my opinion, no disrespect to the Big 12, Barrett, man, that team might go 10 wins. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, you, you look at if, – if if I was Howard Roseman, I would – you could literally just draft off, off Alabama and Georgia. <laughs> And, and you won't team. go wrong. Yeah, and complete your team. There's no question about that. You know, you look at the athletes that they have down there, time and tested, you know, those guys come out ready to play, you know, because of the level of competition, even though LSU And the had, coaching. Yeah, well, that too, that too, da you know. But even a team like LSU who had a bad season this year, you know, they were the worst team. I mean, my Kansas State Wildcats whooped their tail in the bowl game. But you can still go in there and got Derek Stingley, guys like that on the defensive side of the ball that you could draft right now and play. Corners that can play right now, safeties that can play right now, linebackers in that in that conference. It's, I mean, it's, it's easier. Why even look? I wouldn't even go west. There's no way I would go west if I was if I was Howard Roseman. No way. I mean, even Let, I mean, think USC. about that. Yeah, it's a great point. Outside of Oregon and the Pac-12, SC sucks. Right. Arizona, Arizona State. Okay, I mean, um, maybe Utah. They've got some decent players there. I mean, but Stanford, okay, got some smart players. And again, you know, some will go like this. Yeah, but Dan, then you miss out on guys like Jerry Rice at Mississippi Valley State. But yeah, then I turn around and I go, yeah, but then guess what I do? I get a guy like Odell Beckham, or I get Jefferson, right. or I get Julio Jones from the from the Southeastern Conference. Right. I get you know what? I may miss Jerry, 
but I'm not going to be far from Jerry if I play and I put my cards in that conference down there. So I I think when you're looking at particular quarterbacks, I mean, like you said, Liberty, I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, you know, you look at Steve McNair. I get those guys. I get get the Phil Simses. I get the small uh, market quarterbacks that played in those smaller programs. Hey, but those guys are dime a dozen, Barrett. I mean, you know, you you you've got to play again. Joe Burrow and Mac Jones are great examples of this. These guys, when they came out of college, I don't think these guys could jump over a ruler. Right. <laughs> but these guys played with superstar players, and they had superstar coaching. There's a reason, Barrett, that the coaches today. I'm gonna say say this to you about Lincoln Riley. So Lincoln Riley, I think he took the weasel way out, leaving Oklahoma and going to SC because you know what he didn't want to do? He knew Oklahoma was going into the Southeastern Conference. Oklahoma and the SEC, that current team that they have, would be killed. (laughs) That team would get killed because why? They don't play defense. They don't play defense. He knows that if he goes into that conference with Kirby Smart, with them other dudes, He's got no chance. And then he's got to out-recruit Nick at the quarterback position. I can't believe that Nick's a spread offense now compared to what he used to be when he was pounding ground. And now all of a sudden all these quarterbacks want to go play there. I'm just saying that when I look at the quarterbacks coming out, the kid from Pitt, you know, I look at that guy and and I'm going like this. I don't know. You know, I mean, okay, are you saying that he's good because Dan Marino went there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I, I I see these kids coming out. One of the, you know, this one of these kids that are going to come out this year are going to surprise somebody. Okay. Yep. They're going to surprise somebody and they're going to go on and do great things. But the majority of the bulk of these guys that I see coming out this year, nobody really, I, I, I don't really see anybody out there. Yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep over these guys right now. So, I mean, there's no need to trade up in the draft to go get a guy like Pickett or, I mean, I, you know, Howell. I mean, I, I can't see, you know, Willis. I can't see going out doing that. So, I mean, it, it really puts the Eagle in a compromised position because they're saying that they don't fully trust the quarterback, but yet they're not going to draft a quarterback this year. So it's automatically pushing you to free agency or, or trade options to get a big-time quarterback. Absolutely. Let's do this. We, The Eagles are going to have $28 million with re, some restructuring of contracts. I want to throw – as a matter of fact, the Eagles have the least amount of players that are currently under contract that are going to affect the salary cap. Darius Slay is one of them. Hardgrave is one of them. I want to hit on that with you a little bit when we come back here in three minutes. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. By the way, I started, or I tried to start the show. I wanted to know why he wasn't at the um, halftime show, and he goes like this. He says, when Cube does a show, I want it to be Ice Cube style. I don't want it to be Dre style. I said, oh, wait. So like a, <laughs> He goes like this. Is there a rift between you and Dr. Dre? He goes, now, don't be starting that shit with this. They, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I'm going like, well, you know, that's kind of what I do. He goes, I know, man. I said, but I go, you know, I don't know. He goes, no, man, I enjoyed it. No, he goes, but that's not my style, what I wanted to do. And I was like, oh, so there's a rift. He goes, now, don't go posting anything out there that there's a rift. There's no rift. I love the guy because he likes to do things on his own. Yep. Yep. And, you know, he broke away from NWA and. That's just kind of like who he is. He wants to just do things on his own. He's got his own way of doing stuff. And um, I, I, I really enjoy talking to people that like that and are into that kind of thinking, that they want to do things their way. I mean, I love being around Jimmy Johnson. He had a way of doing things. He was never going to waver. He would massage it, and he would adjust to certain things. I think that's what makes a great leader, Barrett, is that when you have a coach like we saw with Sirianni, Yep. It's two and five, right? Yep. And all of a sudden, yep. he goes, this ain't working. <laughs> and he had enough insight, and his ego wasn't big enough. How many times have you can, you and I seen coaches that go, fuck that, we're doing it this way? Coach, we're round. two and ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a, a square peg in a round hole. You know, just 
I've, I've seen guys. I mean, that was Chip Kelly's biggest fault, you know, trying to make it in the NFL, you know, because I um I can remember, you know, I was I was working for ESPN. I was I was a content producer inside the truck. And every time we go with it was me, um, Matt Millen, we go out there and we interview Oregon. At the time, Oregon was ranked, you know, one of the top schools oh, in yeah. the country. And it was um it was a time where he wasn't they didn't kick him out of Oregon yet, but they were just about to. But we did five or six of Oregon's games. So we go up there and we interview him every time. And we're trying to talk about, you know, the opponent, Cal Berkeley, or they're going to play USC or something like that. And we get halfway through watching film and talk to him about the team. And he goes, Hey, um, what do you think my, about my system, you know, going to the NFL? And Miller was like, I mean, I'll just be honest with you. You're dealing with grown men. It's, it's different from the way you run things in college. He said, well, what about, you know, will my system work? So it's not about your system. It's about the guys you have in that locker room. And he really didn't get it. He didn't really get the gist of what Millen was telling him. And if Millen was just letting him know your system. He thought his work. way would yeah. work anywhere because, like you said, he thought he was a plug-in coach. Yeah, you're not, you're not that dude. You know, you, you can't you can't ask a guy to do something that he can't do or is not willing to do. You can make a college kid do it. But you can't make a grown man that makes more money than you and has a family at home to do what he doesn't want to do. Not especially if he don't trust you. And that's what his demise was in the NFL. Nobody could trust him. That's right. And, you know, it's funny you say that because when I was doing uh, sports radio in Tampa, the Buccaneers flirted with signing him and they flirted with talking to him. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I think they hired the guy from Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. They hired him as the coach, but Shiano, Shiano, yeah, 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 Greg Shiano, and even that stuff, you know, Greg Shiano was talking to me about, you know, because he worked with Butch and he kind of was on that Brown staff and all that stuff, and he was down at the University of Miami, so he's kind of a hurricane guy, and I, I know Greg. Actually, here I'll tell you a quick story here in a second, but those college guys, man, those those college guys, they just don't get. That a system like that, especially Chip Kelly's system, where you want to run 90 plays, bro, you ain't running 90 <laughs> plays, man. You're going to run your defense into the ground or on the IR list. Exactly. That's just exactly. not going to work. Let me tell you this Greg Chiano story. So Greg coached. He coached Rutgers. And I go like this. So I'm friends with him. I sends me a bunch of Rutgers stuff. And uh, we, Miami Hurricane guy. Anyway, I, I, I knew him very well. He was on Butch's staff. And I said, hey, man, you know James Gandolfini, don't you? He goes, yeah, he does commercial spots for me. Get me on that fucking show. I go, I am the ultimate paisan. <laughs> There's not a guy. I think the guy's name was David Chase or something who did The Sopranos. And I was like, you got to get – because Sarah Goose did a hit on it. Yep, yep. I said, if you got Sarah Goose on that thing, man, you know you got to get Big Sills on this thing. And he goes, let me talk to him. Because James used to do commercial. He used to do promos for Rutgers football. He went to school. I didn't know that. Uh -huh. Yeah. He went to school at Rutgers. And so I, I got Chiano and I go, I, I, I went up there. I met Gandolfini. And I, it's just a great dude. So he goes, all right. We'll get you on. Man, they, they didn't have another year, man. I was so bummed out. They were going to bring <laughs> – I was – that's the closest I came to getting on the Sopranos, man, was that my, my connection through James Gandolfini. 
And um, yeah, and, and Greg Schiano getting in there. So anyway, <laughs> let's get over here to what we tease going into this. And this is the salary cap. You know, the, the Eagles have four players that are going to affect the salary cap. I think $17 million for Hardgrave. I think it's a bigger number for Fletcher Cox, but it's yep. only four players. Now, get this. If they do some restructuring, Hardgrave you want to keep. I'll get to Fletcher here in a minute. You can have as much as 28 to $29 million under the salary cap. What is how we do with that money in free agency? How active do you think the Eagles will be and how active should they be with that money? That's a that's a pretty good number right there, Barrett. I mean, if you look at some of the teams like the, the Cowboys are in salary cap hell. Yes, yes. Okay, the Packers are in salary cap hell. A lot of these winning teams – I mean, look, the team that's in the best shape, actually, there's two teams. You ready? It's the Jags and it's the Bengals that are <laughs> yeah. in the best shape. And there's the Eagles sitting there at almost $30 million. What should they do? I think they should go out and get a number one wide receiver. Now, there's not a lot. I'm looking at the list. You know, Allen Robinson seems to be number one. Chris Godman is still hurt. He would be number one if he wasn't hurt. Uh, Devontae Adams is, is going to be – they're going to put a franchise tag on him. They're going to work a deal out with him. Will Fuller, he just underwhelms me. You know, he has speed, but he hasn't been a guy that you look at and be, and you fear, you know, what he's doing. Jamison Crowder, no. T.Y. Hilton, not healthy enough. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know what he wants to do. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, A.J. Green just doesn't have any more. He's, you know, has some flat tires now. Uh, Keelan Cole, hmm. Sammy Watkins, I, I didn't think he was still in the league. How Mike about Mike Williams. Williams? Mike Williams is an interesting guy. You know, we're talking about a guy, and they'll probably franchise tag him, but would put his salary right around $20, $21, million. And, and I think the Packers are going to franchise Devontae. Well, I think they are also. And Mike Williams is, is interesting. Six foot five, like 210. Came out like of a, college injured. Yep. What, hey, hey um, Barrett, what's that Clemson. injury? What's that injury that goes across the top of the foot that flashy – um, Plantar fasciitis. Yeah, he he had that at Clemson, so he didn't play right away, but he's been productive since that first definitely. year. Definitely a deep threat. Definitely, you know, takes the top off. Consistent. He balled that last game against uh, the Raiders. He, in fact, he tried to will that game himself to win. He'll be a good pickup for him. He'll be pretty cheap. You know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to break the bank, but I think he's going to want a, a, a big-time deal, and he deserves a big-time deal. So I think they'll franchise him. I don't think he's going anywhere. They're going to franchise him. They got Zach Pascal. I heard a lot of people talking about bringing him in, the guy from Indianapolis. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He was just a guy, you know. If we're looking for a guy that they need um, to come in, a young, youthful guy, I would think about going to get Zay Jones. Zay Jones has sold me a lot with the Raiders. Um, he could take the top off. He's a guy who was very consistent for that Raiders team once um, – they lost their wide receiver. You know, he he stepped it up. He always had a nice little connection with Carr. So he's a guy that I would I would I would definitely um uh think about entertaining. Um Rashad Higgins, eh, a guy that I really like who could be a real impact player, and you can probably get him for the cheap for the low. And he's a competitor, you know, he, he's been in Dallas is Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson has speed, size. Um, he's not old because he hasn't had really the opportunity to play, but he 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 showed up big this this last season. Um, you know, in, in in crucial situations, he's a guy that I really want them to take a look at. Cedric Wilson could be a player. 
um, in the Eagles system. So, you know, I played with his pops, you know, you know, Cedric Wilson senior. He um, we won a Super Bowl together while in Pittsburgh. Really good player. Need to think about Brian, uh, Byron Pringle, another speed guy, speed demon, Kansas State guy, too. Um, I don't know, you know, if he's really a, a um, an impact player right now. You know, he's been behind, you know, Hill and those guys. Maybe he goes to a team and becomes that that number one receiver, you know, the guy that can flourish in, in a different system. But, you know, he's somebody to think about also. Well, here, let me – let me. all of those guys, great. Now let's go back to something you said, though. Okay, do those guys fit what they're doing in Philly? They want to run the ball. To me, it's not so much about those guys getting 80 catches or more. Do you block in the run game? Which guys are going to be guys – that are going to – you know what makes that 49er team so spectacular? Those wide receivers blow dudes up. Yes, yes. And Debo Samuel, that guy fucking lights guys up. He <laughs> knocks people out. I mean, you know, I think there's a reason that Brown and Julio Jones are also in, um, in, in Tennessee. When you got a guy like Derrick Henry, them big horses on the outside perimeter – it's not so much that those guys – it's a given that you're going to be a, a big-time player when you play the Y or the Z in the NFL. But do you do the dirty work? And if you're going to have that style, like you say, Barrett, I don't think you can have it both ways because the quarterback is not in that position to be both ways right now. Right, He right. is a running guy. So if I go get Godwin or I go get Allen Robinson and I get those guys – those guys have not shown me in any way whatsoever that they're going to be down the field blocking free safeties and strong safeties and knocking those guys out. That's not the system that the Eagles have. So if you're going to build that team, I don't think you can half-ass it and go, well, we're going to have speed guys. Because to me, Devontae Smith, no disrespect to the guy. I see that guy coming across the middle. I'm a free safety. I'm going to light that kid up. Yes. I, that kid don't frighten me. I see Julio Jones running at me. I may have to turn my ankle, man, and get myself ready for this guy because he's going to try to knock me out. I see Samuel. Eh, I'm going to have to get in a stance here a little bit because this guy's going to try blowing me up here. The Eagles don't have one guy on their team right now that fits the style that they're trying to put together with this team. See, that's the complex thing that they have right now. Let's look at the construction of the Eagles. you got a power running game and no power wideouts. Your tight end is also not very good when it comes to blocking. In my opinion, too, I think Dallas Goddard, bro, you can't be dropping one of every three catches thrown to you. You got to be a little better than that, man. I mean, I, I think he has potential, and I like him. How many times we see him dropping passes? Wide open, he's dropping passes. I'm just saying, Barrett, I mean – if you're going to build that team as a physical team, it's got to look more like Tennessee or more like what Baltimore is doing. They're not going to have superstar wideouts like the Cooper Cups on those teams, but they're going to have big physical imposing wide receivers that can catch the ball and also play in the run game. If you get another wideout, he's got to be dominant in the run game. We'll see the, the – I, I really want to get away from 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 guys like that because right now we have um, J. Jaw, 
you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That's all he does is block. He can't catch. I don't, I don't want anybody else can can't catch. Sometimes, you know, I think we need to go out there and get some guys that can go make some – like a guy I, – I think you're thinking of a guy like like James Washington. James Washington is consistent. He'll come out and, 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 and knock your head off, and he has the ability, to, you know, as a speed guy to go out and make some big plays. Well, possession guy to go out there and make plays. Um, a lot of people talk about DJ Clark, especially the guys in the stream. Uh, you know, another guy, you know, that that they really haven't lived up the potential. You know, JJ Ortega Whiteside, it's time to let him go. You know, second hey, but, round. But there, do you understand my is my is my thinking wrong? No, you think it is right, but I think they need in order to in order for us to get um Hertz into a better position to make plays he needs some quality guys out there trying to break loose he needs some quality guys to go out there and 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 and, and catch for him you know I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of pissed off at um I'm kind of pissed off that JJ Ortega Whiteside is still on this team because he well look totally at him and Jalen Rager what are they yeah. doing on the roster what are, right well, honestly you know, what are those two is it because they picked them high yes that's exactly why first round and the second rounder See and, in New England, in New England, they cut those guys. Yes, you know, and then was it? You know, we we talked about it earlier. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, you know. know and run. I always thought, Barrett, that that was some of the secret sauce in New England that they make the tough cuts, dude. Yeah, and they yeah. make the tough moves. They're not going to sit there and eat a guy because a personnel guy in their front office went like this, like 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 that guy Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I mean that guy <laughs> sucks, man. Get, I mean. They, they've go. got him there because they want to run the ball and because they've turned him into now exactly what you said that you don't want on the Eagles right now. But because <laughs> when it comes to him being a possession guy, he was a bust at wide receiver. They got two busts on that group right now. I look at the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver group and I go like this. I don't know. It's a C to me. I, it, it's a C group. Yep. 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 I mean, they have speed in, in the Watkins. But other than that, you know, Smith and that those are only two that I feel as though can go out there and make some plays. Everybody else is is virtually just, you know, taking up a roster spot. What did you think of Smith's rookie year? I thought it was it was good for what he was able to do. I think it was unfulfilled of what his potential really could be. Now is that He's on the little, system? Is that on the system? The it's coach, on the system quarterback it's and all of that. Yes, it's on the system. It's it's definitely on it's definitely on the offense not being catered to 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 use him in the in the meaning in the manner in which he needs to be used. He didn't play meaningful football because they didn't put him in a meaningful position. You know, you give him an opportunity, you force feed him like they did that last game just to get him um break the rookie record. They want him to break the rookie record, so they force fed him the ball, and he did not uh go out there and 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 and, and lack any effort as far as you know getting open, his ability to catch the ball. His effort was great. He made it happen out there. Why did they do that for the major part of the season? He showed that ability. He went out there and did it. They didn't give it to him. So, you know, it, it left me unfulfilled as a as a casual fan because the potential is there, the ability is there, but they didn't maximize it. Do you think if, if Devontae is on that Bengals team, you think he has 1,600 yards? There's no question about that. There's no question – at the very least, at the very least, 12 to 14. If he's on that Cincinnati team, 12 to 14, because the guy on the other side of him had him about 17 like he did. 
Well, then I'll ask you this. Do you think he ever fulfills his prophecy as a Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver as we're sitting here? And you know what, too? I think something else that also hurts, um, Jalen Hurts here. I mean, you know, you got a training wheels head coach, and I'm not saying he's not the guy, but you have a training wheels NFL head coach. And, you know, you know, Barrett, I, I tell people this. Your transition from K-State to the NFL, dude, it's night and day. It's like the moon and the sun. No question. Well, from coordinator to head coach is also a tough transition for many of these guys. I mean, look at all the coaches that have gone into – Bill Bill Belichick failed in Cleveland. Mike Shanahan failed with the Raiders. How many guys do you see that when they get their first job, they're lo- Bill Parcells lost in his first year as a coach of the of 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 the Giants, Jimmy was one in fifteen. All of these guys fail early, man, and it takes a transition. And that was some of those guys were going from being a head coach in college to the NFL. But when you go from wearing one headset and you're only talking to a position group to having it where you're flipping over to offense, defense, and you're listening to every group, that's a transition for coaches too, as well. So Jalen's dealing with that. How many coordinators has he had in the last four years? Different one at Bama, <laughs> right? I mean, Oklahoma. Then he has first Doug Peterson's group. Now he has Sirianni's group. That's a lot, man, to have to absorb. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, I, I know I, I, I don't think we've really – maybe he's better this year because there's some stability in the building at that position. I'm just saying, I mean, I just – do you think that Devontae ever lives up to what the billing was when he came out of um, out of Alabama. Merrill Reese thinks he's like one of the most electric players he's ever seen, Barrett, um, right. in Eagle uniform. So, I mean, does he ever live up to it, though, with that quarterback? I think he does because one thing I've seen that this coaching staff does do is their ability to see what their strength is and use it. You know, well, they used it at the end part of the season. Now, if I can, you know, rate that and have that be a good barometer of what I'm going to see going into next year, I'll say that, yes, they they have that ability. I know that last game was a shamble, but, you know, like I said, you you, you just brought it up. This is a young coaching staff. They're learning on the fly as this team is learning them. So they're learning as this team is learning them and they're learning their team. So it, it's just – it's going to be hard for them as they go forward to to, to really – be the team that they really are going to be two years from now because they don't actually know right now. They don't know what Jalen Hurts. So they don't have right an identity, now. you think? Not right now, no. No, the offensive line has an identity, and yes, they are a run-heavy type of team because of the offensive line, but you never know. You know, teams get paid, defense coordinators get paid millions of dollars to stop shit like that, so they got they gonna, they'll stop the run. They'll eventually start stopping a run. Can they adapt and go in another direction after that? We'll see. Well, I know this. <laughs> I'm making a drive, man. I'm going, where my keys at? I'm gone. No, no, no. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send these to Xander. I got a shitload of them. Okay. Keep get them coming. The nibblers. Yep. <laughs> okay. 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 Here, here, here. Here's this too. Uh, anyone White Castle four count large sliders? There we go. There we go. Hey, <laughs> how and, how and many they of get these that can you eat? Uh, I'll, I'll eat about 10, 10 easy for snack. So, and also 
Hey, I gotta, I gotta get you some of Rock's Terramona. I gotta get you some of Rock's tequila too. Oh, let me write that down. What, how, how you spell that? What is that? It's called Terramana. Terramana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's tequila, so it doesn't go along. It doesn't hit into Big Joe's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up. So it doesn't hit into Big Joe's vodka. So wait, now what do you what do you drink? See, to me, I can't do alcohol, and I can't no. do alcohol and and and, and eat. You'll be and, done. And, You'll be done, man. You especially couldn't do White Castles and drink. No, you just can't do that, man. It's just. It'll just mess everything up, man. Plus, you know. But see, know the carbonation, I always look at it like this. If I drink too much carbonation, man, that takes maybe two sliders away. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It fills your stomach up too much. So you just got to, you know, and, and, and you know, unbeknownst to everybody else, I think of White Castles as a delicacy that I drive an hour <laughs> up the road for. That's hey, a delicacy man, to me. This is like going to the Palm as far as I'm concerned, yeah. dog. I mean, <laughs> this is like going to get a five-pound lobster, man. I mean. I like 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 I said when I walk into the place, man. I go like this to the guy. He goes, "Hey, how many? How many?" I go, oh, "No, no, no. I want three boxes." Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going for three sliders, dog. <sighs> Nobody in their white mind. No. White mind eats three sliders. Hey, man. A lot of fun again with you, no man. I, I'm having a great time with you, man. And by the way. Barrett's honoring the Phillies, man. Get their asses back there on the diamond there and get in Let's the dug out there, too. Spring training. Let's get it. Let's just stop playing around. Let's get to spring training so I can watch the boys this summer, man. Let's go. Absolutely. Hey, I'll catch you tomorrow, brother. Let's make it happen. You got it, man. Later. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.